Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Boys and girls, this is the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kylo Riley, Roderick Strong, and you're listening to Going In Raw, baby. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit Foster, and you are watching Going In Raw. You like that? Hey, friendos, Larson here, and welcome to uh, Going In Raw. Steve's not here. He's sick, or so he tells me. Um, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope all the dads out there had a great Father's Day. Um, I did not wake up expecting to be doing this all by myself, but here we are. So we're going to try to get through this all in one piece and have a good time doing it. I hope so. Um, first of all, you can find us, Stephen Larson, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. All sorts of great reward tiers, including for $1 and up patrons today, Post show with just me talking about I don't know what. I'll have to find some non-news or something. Um, and then uh, also, YouTube channel members, they're welcome to join us as well. Um, thank you to Frankie Dixon, new channel member. Welcome to Slow Wolfpack. Um, how's everybody doing today here in chat? Thank you all for joining me. Uh, I'm going to need be taking a lot more questions than usual from the chat. Because I'm used to actually talking to someone else. And I can build. This is like preview for when Steve's on vacation, I feel like. Because, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's going to be. Although Cal's going to be here when Steve's on vacation. So that's, that'll be actually better than me doing this by myself. Anyways. Um, no AAA talk today. Um, although there's a lot to digest amongst the AAA show that happened Sunday. Got Aerostar basically falling on his head. The whole thing with Scarlet Bordeaux. Young Bucks dropping those titles to Lucha Brothers. But I'm going to wait till Steve's back. We can talk about to get that together. Triple A is kind of a, our thing to, to discuss. Uh, usually in great fun, but there's nothing fun about like Aerostar falling on his head. Anyways. Speaking of uh, competitors who were in Triple A, at least they were. Uh, recently, uh, Young Bucks. They're uh, two of the uh, people that are spearheading this new endeavor. I don't know if you've heard of it, called All Elite Wrestling. And uh, apparently a lot of wrestlers are pretty keen on getting involved in this All Elite Wrestling. Um, on a recent episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer mentioned that there have been, quote, a lot of current WWE superstars who have already reached out to All Elite Wrestling, AEW, of course, this comes on the heels of a report from old Dave a week or two ago. There are many WB talents who are, quote, counting down the days. Enough, that's the exact quote, but close enough. Until their contracts are up. Um, and with so many talents seemingly itching to get out of WB, um, the question that I ask myself is, is WWE actually on the verge of potentially facing some sort of talent exodus? Now, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of talents who resigned, hopefully for a massive raise here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, we have Sasha Banks, who by all indications uh, was fed up with her creative direction, um, seemingly on a leave of absence from the company since WrestleMania, though all indications seem to be that she will probably return at some juncture. 
Um, otherwise, they WWE will just be able to freeze her contract and she will have to sit home for potentially years. Um, we also heard that Sasha has taken a meeting, had taken a meeting with Vince end of May, that she was doing some work for the next WWE 2K video game. Um, so it uh, seems like she will be back. Whether she's necessarily happy about, or not, about that or not is, 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 is probably up for discussion. Of course, just recently, Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, left the company due to seemingly endless creative frustrations. Um, so we've been hearing ever since Moxley left, especially after the Talk is Jericho interview, about uh, a lot of people being discontent backstage in WWE, people not happy with their creative, um, people not happy with uh, their position in the company, not being involved. Um, so is it possible that we can see a lot of people leave WWE? Now, All Elite Wrestling, there's only so many roster spots, and I'm sure they don't want to have the perception that they're essentially a dumping ground for people who couldn't couldn't make it, quote unquote, in the WWE, or people who were or who were just fed up with WWE. I'm sure they have a very specific vision um, for their company. Cody recently, when talking about uh, potential CM Punk coming in, said something to the effect of, "We have all these talents, like 25 or 35 talents. We're trying to build up here within All Elite, um, and it would do a disservice to them to to essentially try to uh, 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 woo CM Punk to All Elite." And I wonder if. You know, they might, like, for example, Sean Spears, the former Ty Dillinger. Um, he just recently signed with All Elite. And, and from all accounts, Cody and himself, Cody and Ty, um, Sean Spears, were fairly close in WWE Developmental. I think they were tag partners at one point. Um, so uh, that connection would make sense in terms of Sean Spears signing with All Elite. Um, but as far as, you know, a ton of people coming in, I would doubt it because I don't think All Elite wants to be have the perception of being WWE light, essentially. Now, if they bring in a, a handful of people who uh, maybe Cody or the Young Bucks, whomever, feel like they haven't got their fair due in WWE, bring them in um, to, to, to offer them a showcase for their talents, what they can really do, then that's a possibility. Um, someone here in chat said AEW isn't the only promotion. Exactly. There's Ring of Honor, Impact, uh, New Japan, promotions around the world. The level of talent is probably the highest it's ever been. Um, plenty of places for wrestlers to showcase their abilities, showcase their talents. Um, and uh, it's, 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 it's a good time to be a wrestling fan right now. Um, but uh, it, it seems like unless WWE really shapes up their act creatively, they're going to be in some serious trouble within the next year or two. Especially if all elite wrestling's TV really kicks it up a notch and and delivers on a regular basis and generates level of enthusiasm, which they have thus far, if they can sustain that, we're talking like attitude era potential levels of enthusiasm for all elite. And if WB can't keep up, they're gonna be left behind. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Dang MQ, there's also Luchando. I mean, this is like a last minute thing. Steve texted me like ten minutes before he came to the office and said, "I don't feel good." Um, he offered to come in. And I said, "No." I don't want to get sick. Um, so he's staying home. I'm going to get through this myself. We're going to have a good time doing it. Um, uh, Joe Juarez mentions New Japan has apparently been offering more pay to keep their guys. Um, and I think that's going to be the norm um, going forward is, is is all the wrestling, major wrestling promotions are going to be offering crazy money uh, to uh, their talents to try to retain them because there's a lot more competition going on right now. Um, speaking of people who said, we're going to stick around in WWE, uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis, um, apparently, after reports earlier this year that they were looking for their release from WWE, and then Maria had a bit of a Twitter countdown when their contracts were expiring. Um, seemed to tease that maybe they'll be some, they'll, uh, they would be free agents. Well, it looks like they got a new deal with WWE. Pro Wrestling Sheet was the first report on this, saying, quote, sources tell us the duo recently inked multi-year deals and were happy with their final offers. Um, and then Fightful later confirmed per Wrestling Sheets report um, saying, quote, as well as the deals are five years each in length, the contracts lock up Mike and Maria until they're 39 and 42, year old, 42 years old, respectively, going through the spring of 2024. Um, of course, over the last, I don't know, six months or so, 
Um, Mike and Maria kind of had the more most interesting storyline going on 205 Live. Um, it's, it's it's very rare that they 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 craft an interesting story for a wrestler who loses all the time. Um, it's the crisis of confidence storyline that I've been advocating for seemingly for years. Uh, is isn't exactly the idea I had for it necessarily, but they're pretty much uh, uh, doing something to that effect where Mike, after coming to 205 Live, has to learn to win by himself. And I think so far they've done a really good job of it, they've done a really good job of developing him as a character. Um, and seemingly that opportunity to be featured on 205 Live each and every week was enough to entice them to stay. I don't know if they received any uh, interest from anybody else, though I'd be shocked if Ring of Honor wouldn't have welcomed them back with open arms. However, that might be they might have seen that as a step down, um, considering Mike was there for a while. Uh, you know, Maria had previously been in WWE, um, and maybe they thought that was still the best opportunity for them. Um, I know they have a, a, a kid. And maybe the working the 205 live schedule um, benefited them. I don't know how often they're on the road. If they're on the road, you know, 200, 150, 200 days a year like other main roster superstars. Um, but uh, it seems like they got a, they must have got a pretty good deal. Ricky Scurvy is correct. Ring of Honor is currently a step down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Um, so good for them. Hopefully they got huge raises. Um, and hopefully what's going on 205 Live right now for them is is, is a huge catalyst for better things. Um, both of them are immensely talented performers. Um, Mike uh, is, has been putting on great match after great match after great match on 205 Live recently. Um, and he's been doing really, really, really awesome stuff. So uh, I'd be shocked if by the end of the year Mike Kanellis wasn't your Cruiserweight champion. Um, and then uh, from there, hopefully, they can make their way back up to the main roster. And then if, if history is any indication, uh, not be seen again. It seems to happen when you get called up from 205 Live of late. Something needs to change. You haven't seen Buddy Murphy on TV at all since he was called up. Seen Cedric once. Haven't even seen Mustafa Ali in a couple weeks. They, they need to be on TV more often. Yeah, Ricky Scurvy here says, five years is a long time to be locked in, but shows that they think it's worth it. Yeah, and uh, depending on the, the, the amount of their uh, downside, guarantee, especially if, if you know like they don't have to work, being on 205 Live, as many dates as Raw or SmackDown superstars, that could be a huge deal. Um, I just don't, I don't know. The one house show I've been to since 205 Live was on the air. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anybody from 205 Live on it. I don't recall. If anybody uh, here in chat has been to a house show of late and had any uh, cruiserweights on it, please let me know. Because um, I don't recall. Ricky Scurvy here says Johnny Gargano versus Mike Kanellis by the end of the year easily. I mean, that'd be cool. Um... Uh, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Johnny Gargano. I feel like he should stay in NXT for a while. Not that he did, he's he's not prepared for the main roster because he definitely is. He's main roster ready. But I don't know. He feel, I feel like he's gonna be lost in the shuffle if he goes to main main real easily. Wrestle dude, that's very nice. He says I hate to say it, but fun wrestling is better than WWE right now. Thanks, Wrestle dude. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, Kyle Korath mentions here, how about Batista saying all elite isn't real competition? I didn't read the full quote, um, but if the gist of what he's saying is, is uh, you know, they don't have TV right now, which they don't. They don't have a broadcast show yet. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't have the name recognition, which they don't. Um, then and he's not far off. And the perception of, of, of wrestling fans who watch religiously uh, – in our minds, I think AEW is, is, is competition in terms of the quality of the in-ring product. Um, but from a mainstream perspective, not quite yet. Uh, Twinewinder says, 205 is good wrestling with little to no story. They do stories. I think Mike Kanellis' story right now is really good, really interesting. Um, I, I think what they've been doing with him has been great. Um, they haven't really been doing much with Tony Nese of late. There's been there's been real there's been fun stories on Two Hundred Five Live. It's just that it's it, I don't know. It feels more like NXT UK where it's it's storylines are strictly motivation to 
uh, book matches um, as opposed to the basis of, of the entire TV presentation, which is what main roster generally is. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, also revealed over the weekend, we got our G1 blocks. Oh, yeah. Very exciting stuff. So let's review who's in which block. A block. We got Sana. Let me start from the top. Uh, Kazuchika Okada, greatest wrestler in the world. Uh, Zack Saber Jr., uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Kota Ibushi, Evil, uh, Sonata, Bad Luck Fale, uh, uh, Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, and Kenta. Stacked block. Let's talk B block. Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson. Robinson, sorry. Yano. Oh, the best. Hiroki Goto. Uh, Jay White, oh, Jeff Cobb, oh yeah, Taichi, uh, Shingo Takagi, and then finally, John Moxley. Uh, Pre-stack lineup. Where's Minoru Suzuki and all this, though? I won my Suzuki-Moxley match, and apparently that's not going to happen in the G1. What's up with that? Apparently Minoru Suzuki's not happy about it either. Uh, he's been going on a bit of a rampage the last couple of days in the Kazuna Road uh, uh, shows. Um, anyways, they also released uh, the schedule for the tournament. Um, and, of course, the tournament is opening here in the United States in Dallas, Texas on July 6th. And, man, they get a stacked card. Main event, Okada versus Tanahashi. Who doesn't want to see that? Kota Ibushi versus Kenta. I mean, come on. Uh, Sonata versus Zack uh, Zach Sabre Jr., and that's going to be great. Evil versus Bad Luck Fale. And then Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. Kind of interesting. There's no John Moxley um, on this, but I was wondering if it had something to do with uh, Moxley's All Elite Wrestling deal, um, seeing that maybe there's some exclusivity in terms of televised shows in the States. Because I think the Dallas show is uh, airing live on Access. Um, but I could be wrong. Uh, anyways, it's cool to see Mox is in the actual tournament. Very exciting. Um, so now let's all... Collectively, let's book this G1 tournament, everybody. Who's going to be... Everybody let me know who your final two is in each block in terms of points. Who wins each block? Who wins the whole thing? Right now, I'm thinking it's going to be... So, Okada and Tanahashi are facing off day one. They will probably not be... Man, Osprey's in there. I'm going to say top top two in A block will be Coda and Will Osprey. Maybe I'll come back around to that after Wrestle Kingdom. And then B block. Wow. Wow. Maybe Mox and Naito. Wow, it wouldn't surprise me if the finals were Kota Ibushi and, and Tetsuya Naito again. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. They seem really keen on that story this year between Naito and Ibushi. Um, that would be interesting. Oh, yeah, Dang MQ points out Dave, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, departed, parted ways with New Japan Pro Wrestling um, over the weekend. So that means no killer elite squad, hence Lance Archer. Uh, is uh, is uh, 
Going it alone now. Let's see who else. Who other picks do we got here? Final two. Block A. Uh, this is from uh, Nikhil Osprey. Naito winner. Osprey. Uh, Timothy Wayne says his finals are Osprey and Naito. Naito wins it all. Yeah, what's the deal? I do a solo show and all the bots show up. Uh, Max Streeter, his finals. Moxley versus Kota Ibushi. Um, who else we got here? Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, we're getting laid into by bots here. My apologies, chat. Uh, <laughs> Legit Underboss says Okada is winning and challenging Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Dang MQ picks uh, Naito to win it all. Wrestle Dude, Naito and Ibushi. Uh, Jeffrey Nguyen says Ibushi. Ryan Lambert, Osprey versus Naito, his finals. Uh, Humane Legend, Okada wins Block A. Uh, going in Rob Observer, picking Naito to win it all. Uh, Blackstar, 318. Pick in Osprey and Naito with Naito to win. Um, Ricky Scurvy says Mox will end second place in this block. Not sure who will make it to the finals. So that's kind of that's kind of the the, the idea I'm getting. Is, uh, or a feeling that he's going to do well, but just do well enough to finish second in his block. Um, Adam Darwin saying Ibushi and Mox. Alex C. Okada or Ibushi. That should be for A. I mean, yeah. Uh, Joe Juarez, Bushi versus White. Bushi wins it all, I hope. Uh, BS wants me to ask Steve. Steve, who do you think is going to win? Uh, who do you think is going to win the G1? Well, Larson, I think Yano's going to win. There you go. Steve picks Yano. Steve's a huge, Yano, huge, 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 huge Yano fan, so it's not exactly surprising. Yeah, the, the the lineup's stacked, and it's going to be a situation where we're going to be surprised how, like, Hiroki Goto, who, what, three years ago was in the finals? He, he'll he probably end up winning, like, two matches. Taichi's probably going to take a good sh his fair share of losses, unfortunately. Uh, Lance Archer will probably lose a few matches. Same with Bad Luck Fale. Um, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches right now in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and... Uh, um, and yeah, it's it's fun to watch. Hey, Wang. I'm not the, the guy that does impressions. <laughs> oh, there's Steve in chat saying Yano or GTFO. Thanks for joining us. A little late here, Steve. You uh you missed uh the bot invasion, but all's well. Uh, anyways, let's move on to Raw Preview. We're just tearing through stuff right now. There'll be a lot of questions in the show. It's kind of a, 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 a slow news weekend, especially if, if we're not going to, if I was going to talk about uh, the AAA show, um, because I was waiting for Steve to do that, because there's just a lot to get into with that. Um, anyways, let's do Raw Preview, and then we can take some questions. Uh, first item, who will don the stripes for Rollins versus Corbin at WWE Stomping Grounds? Universal Champion Seth Rollins stood tall last Monday night on Raw after obliterating the main event special outside guest official Sami Zayn with a steel chair. However, the Beast Slayer might not look so triumphant when the dust settles at WWE Stomping Grounds, where he will defend his title against Baron Corbin. Throwing a wrench into the works, the Lone Wolf will choose a special guest referee for his own title opportunity and will reveal his decision on Raw. This is going to be like Lesnar saying he's going to cash in, then not cashing in. Corbin has yet to make his decision, leaving the WWE Universe and the Architect pondering exactly how he'll tip the scales in his favor. Will Corbin choose Zane to call the match down the middle based on his work as outside official this past Monday night? Or might Corbin select Rollins' Raw opponent Kevin Owens, who has also spoken favorably of the former acting Raw general manager? Or perhaps Corbin will extend an invitation to Mr. Money the Bank Brock Lesnar to purvey some up-close and personal paranoia at WB Stomping Grounds, whatever Corbin announces, you won't want to miss the fallout. If Corbin picks, his, picks Lesnar, uh, that's a bad idea. That's a really bad idea. Which means he'll probably do it. Yeah, Brock Lesnar will probably be the pick based on that. All right. Uh, next item. Uh, fatal five-way match determined Samoa Joe's U.S. title challenger at WB Stomping Grounds. 
Um, one week after Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Cesaro, and Bobby Lashley crashed Miz TV to state why they each deserved an opportunity to challenge Samoa Joe for his United States Championship, the four interrupting superstars, along with A-Lister himself, will complete in a fi fatal five-way match to determine who will challenge the Samoan submission machine for a star-spangled title at WWE Stomping Crowns. Which of these five determined competitors will square off with Joe for the prestigious U.S. title next Sunday? We'll find out on Raw. Miz is going to win that one. All right, this one's interesting. Daniel Bryan is a wild card. SmackDown Tag Team Champion and Planets Champion Daniel Bryan has been chosen to be one of the four wild card superstars to appear on Raw this coming Monday in Los Angeles. The former SmackDown general manager has long been loyal to the Blue brand, and since his wild card appearance is not by choice, one can only wonder what Bryan will have to say to the fickle WWE Universe on Raw. So. They're pulling the curtain back a little bit here on how these wild card superstars are chosen, I guess. See, I thought you just, like, if you're on Raw or SmackDown, respectively, and you want to be on the other show, you just go, rush to gorilla position, erase what's on the whiteboard, and write your name there. Like, in my mind, it was, it was, it was uh, if, if you want to be on the show, you took the initiative. I didn't know there was some sort of selection process. I don't know if that makes any sense because, like, The Miz showed up and it was obvious he wasn't welcome that one time. But then when Vince initially said it, it was a thing where it seemed like there to be some, uh, 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 there's a protocol in terms of how to be, I don't know, it's, this whole thing's confusing. They, I guess I shouldn't try to attach logic to something that is inherently illogical because it's just going to make my head hurt. Yeah, who here is excited for stomping ground? Uh, crate expectations for our truth good pun there. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time to help 24-7 champion R-Truth evade his uh, omnipresent pursuers during SmackDown Live. Carmella helped her pal hide an open road case. Unfortunately, he was locked inside when it was shut and the princess of Staten Island had to rush out to the ring for her match against Sonya Deville. Despite Jinder Mahal's best effort to try to pry the case open, Truth was ultimately packed up with the rest of the production equipment and shipped off to Raw in Los Angeles. Without a doubt, when Truth is free of his prolonged and, at the moment, mobile hiding spot at Raw, a small army of challengers will be waiting for him. All right. Uh, next. Top guys once again. By defeating Raw Tag Team Champion Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and the Usos in triple threat, triple threat Tag Team Match this past Monday night, the Revival kicked off their second reign with the Red Band's tandem titles following their victory. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder were congratulated by Shane McMahon, who then welcomed the new champions to an invite-only celebration worthy of the best of the world. How will the revival keep the party and the victories rolling in Los Angeles? And lastly, could a women's right bring us Becky Nobels? Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch teamed with Bayley against Lacey Evans and Alexa Bliss this past Monday night, and although the huggable one absorbed the women's right that concluded the match in favor of the Lady of WWE and the Goddess, the hard-hitting strike also felled the man at ringside during the bout. How will Lynch respond to that woman's right and that defeat on Raw six nights before she defends her Raw Women's title against Evans at WWE Stomping Ground? Tune in to the action on Monday Night Raw, Live 7 Central on USA Network. Sounds like a thrilling, exciting show. Uh, man, just a go-home episode for Stomping Ground that's going to generate so much buzz and excitement for that pay-per-view. Can't wait to watch it. Anyways, let's take some questions. Or I'll take some questions. I'm using plural pronouns. Anyways, Jeffrey Nguyen, Suzuki versus Moxley. Give me what I want. Give me what I want, New Japan. Give me what I want. I know. They got to have at least one match before Mox goes to AEW full-time. I swear. Uh, Jay Sean Lawrence says, hitting the big number 20 today. Can I get a, a, a B-Day from Kenny Omega? Jay Sean, I hear you're turning 20 today. I want to say to you, happy birthday. You old fart. Wang Choco. So, Wang, I got some bad news for you today. Steve only sent me the, uh, the opening graphics for this show. So, I don't have any of the graphics for Overrun. So, unfortunately, and Steve's watching, so maybe he'll, he'll, he'll fix this. I don't have the... Oh, wait. I might have the non-news intro. Hold tight. I might have that here. Um, uh, to be determined for post-show. Wang asked, here's some money to help resolve Steve's pay dispute. Tell him to get back to work and feel better. Hopefully it does feel better. Uh, Brian Jankowski, Larson, you should start a workout vlog. No, I don't really know that much. Nah, 
Not a bad idea. I don't know if it's for me. Zach Linder, stomping grounds. More like dumping grounds. Jeffrey Nguyen, so truth should be dead, right? He's been in a road case for about a week, I'm assuming, with no food or water. So uh, he should be in a sad state of affairs if they're playing this uh, in any way realistically. Uh, but I'm sure they'll open the road case and he'll be fine. Let me pull up the Twitter here. Yeah, Steve's just sick. Let me pull up the question thread here. One moment, please. Uh, the Russell dude, what would be a stronger debut for Bray Wyatt? Debuting as a baby face and destroying Shane McMahon or abducting Kofi's kids onto his show and winning the title at SummerSlam? Wow. Um, I mean, if he wants to get the, uh, the, the, they want to give him a huge pop, then he should come out and destroy Shane because everybody's tired of Shane. Yeah. Um, Church Jackson. Um, he says, uh, I grilled steaks for my disabled father today for Father's Day. I happened to be wearing my cold water Larson shirt. My dad asked me who it was, and I just said, it's Larson. He also podcasts I listen to daily. And my dad says, in a way only my dad could, oh, is that that Steven Larson guy? I hate him, but his friend is all right. I didn't have the heart to tell him his mistake. He only knows them by voice since he hears them in my car driving him to the doctor's office, grocery shopping, haircuts. I don't know. The whole thing just made me laugh. I want to ask him, which of the two is Steven Larson? For the record, he loves both of them. He was just being, well, he was just being my dad. Thanks, Church, for sharing that story. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, Michael, how did Hilton score front row seats to SmackDown? He knows some people. Um, Nate Cunningham, considering how few people are used on TV, would it be beneficial for WWE to implement a tournament-style event? Um, even bring back King of the Ring if they want with a larger field. Heck yes. Um, I think that'd be outstanding. Just more tournaments in general would be great, but I remember hearing somewhere that Vince doesn't like tournaments. Which I don't... Vince apparently doesn't like tournaments, tag team wrestling, and basically anything else that, you know, fans find interesting, which is unfortunate. Because, um, like, every time they do a tournament, like the, the two Cruiserweight t tournaments they've done, Great. Both May Young Classics, great. Um, basically everything, tournament-wise, WB has done the last couple of years is great. And yet Vince doesn't want to do any of it. Yeah, Kyle Korath here in chat says network tournament. I think that'd be outstanding. I just think I think that would be absolutely awesome. But it probably isn't going to happen. Even like the Worlds Collide thing, where it's it, it was a situation where it, there was really nothing on the line. It was still, well, I guess there was the first one. Um, you got to choose a title shot. So I guess there was something on the line. Uh, next, Lord Zephyr, who on the main roster could benefit from a Demon King type gimmick where he's used rarely but books extremely strong? What if Bray Wyatt, like, just saves the Fiend for, you know, like, huge matches? Otherwise, he's just Bray Wyatt. Like, literally, he comes out in his Firefly Funhouse, his sweater, his button-up shirt underneath, his khakis, and wrestles most matches like that. And then, when he really needs the W, uh, he turns on the Fiend. That could be pretty cool. I have a hard time believing it's gonna, that's going to be the case. Um, Chris, going on a cruise, which is heading to Greece as a stop, what should I know about when we arrive? Um, depending where you're going, the, the, the harbor of Athens is huge um, and crazy busy. The one time I stopped by there briefly, my wife and I took the, the train down there when we were staying in Athens. And there was all sorts of cruise ships, and it was super crazy. And so we just stopped by for a moment and then went further down the coast. Um, if you're hopping amongst the islands at all, and you get a chance to stop in Santorini, uh, make the most of it. Uh, the main city on the island is called Fila. Um, a lot of really, my favorite restaurant in our whole honeymoon was was in that town. Um, beautiful island. Um, even if you get a chance to uh, take in a sunset somewhere, by all means, give it a try. Beautiful island. Uh, going in Rob Observer, do you think Minoru Suzuki and Yoshihashi are going to be inserted into the G1, or will David Finley bring back the C block? I like the idea of Minoru Suzuki uh, essentially terrorizing New Japan Pro Wrestling until he either gets put in the G1 or he gets a title shot against Okada. 
It's got to be one of those two things. I just saw some stuff this morning that uh, 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 Suzuki was beating the hell out of Okada. Um, and so either one of those two things I think needs to happen. When's the last time David Finley's been around? I haven't seen him in a while. Um, factoid, do you think WWE would benefit from relinquishing their stance on being PG and maybe go on TV 14? Or do you think the current PG level of violence is better suited for them now as they've done it for so long? In terms of what they have for the vision of their company, the the PG rating is probably what they want because they think it, it appeals, in theory, to the largest possible demographic and it will probably benefit them um, in terms of, of wooing advertisers. That being said, I don't think the TV rating has much to influence on on uh, uh, the creative. Um, I mean, if, if them being PG just puts limitations on the language they can use, the level of violence they have in the ring, that shouldn't really affect, for the most part, uh, how they develop stories. And that's the issue. Um, thank you, Karen. Finley is out with a shoulder injury. Thank you. Um, like the creative is just not good and that's why the show suffers. I don't think it has anything to do with the television rating whatsoever. You can write really good, interesting television and keep it PG. Um, they, they're just not doing that. Uh, Nick Kyle, after the announcement of the matches for this year's G1, what matches are you looking forward to the most from both blocks? Uh, Ishii versus um, Moxley is going to be great. Uh, Oh, I don't have it open anymore. I did have it open. Let me pull up the, the full schedule one more time. I mean, you can never go wrong with Okada versus Tanahashi. Let's see what we got here. Oh, give me Mox versus Taichi. Heck yes. Ishii versus Cobb is going to be awesome. Um, Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. They always put on good matches. Mox versus Jeff Cobb will be really good. Abushi versus Will Osprey. Oh, they're meeting early on. Okay. I didn't check to see who was in the wrestling on the final day. So for A block, the final matches are Okada, Abushi, Tanahashi, Osprey, and then Naito, Jay White, and Mox, Juice Robinson. So maybe the situation for Mox can maybe win his block and then Juice gets his win back, keeping him out of the final, and then Naito can win. Okay. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, Okada versus Kota Ibushi will be great. I don't know if they've ever wrestled. I don't remember if they've wrestled before. They might have back on uh, when Ibushi had his initial kind of heavyweight run before he left. Um, Osprey versus Kenta is going to be awesome. Um, I actually finally just watched the Shingo uh, Will Osprey match over the weekend the best of Super Junior Finals, and that was great. Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr., that's going to be awesome. I don't know. There's so many There's so many possibilities for so many fantastic matches. I can't wait. Uh, James Martis, thank you. <laughs> BS asks, how do we end up with Stomping Ground? It was going to be... Was it Backlash? Yeah, it was going to be Backlash. And then when they had to change the date to accommodate the Super Showdown, not only they changed the date, they changed the name. And I was wondering, since it was in Tacoma, like that's where Dan, that's like roughly where Daniel Bryan's from is the Seattle area, although I guess Aberdeen's further south. Um, and they, I thought they might have the focus squarely on him, but who knows? Uh, Daniel Encinas is Matt Rill hurting his chances by making comments about Lacey Evans and Goldberg? Will he start getting buried, leading to him leaving? Um, I thought Triple H mentioned something about this, um, kind of when uh, Matt Rill started, kind of. Uh, teasing Goldberg on social media and um, seemingly there was no issue with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to affect him at all in NXT. Um, you know, if anything, anybody has an issue with it, they'll probably just talk to him. Um, Zach Linder, uh, Shingo versus Goto. You're doing great today. Thank you, Zach. I mean, basically every match in the G1 looks like it could potentially be awesome. Uh, the thing from under the ring, will WWE struggle to sign big-name indie and foreign stars the more stories of wrestler dissatisfaction come out, or are they too big for it to be an issue? Uh, I think the largest issue right now is that a lot of the major indie names are already signed. There's just not a whole lot of people that are, like, 
Orange Cassidy's making waves now, but what he does does not fit what WWE does at all. At all. Um, So, like, when Jeff Cobb's a free agent later this summer, after his Ring of Honor deal expires, we'll see where he goes. Um, I just think there's a lot of people who just want to try their hand in WWE. Um, You know, for all their creative failings of late, they are still the top promotion in the world. And uh, it's probably an interesting challenge for a lot of talents to say, okay, I want to see if I can make it to the very top of the top promotion in the world. Main event WrestleMania. And I'm sure that a lot of people who watch wrestling growing up, wrestling pretty much being WWE, um, that was a dream of theirs. And if they have an opportunity to try to achieve that dream, um, they might want to do it despite the fact that they hear some horror stories about what it's like back uh, backstage and, and dealing with them creati- creatively. It just depends on what the person wants. Um, Scott Malo or Malot. Uh, today is Minoru Suzuki's 51st birthday. How do you think everyone's favorite murder grandpa celebrated? Um, some coffee um, and probably kicking a young lion in the face. Uh, Landon M., what does the first night of AEW on TNT look like if you're booking it? Good question. You got to have a title match. You got to have a title match. You got to have a match that's going to bring people in. Um, they got to make it seem like a huge deal. Um, maybe debut the tag titles, have those up for grabs, have a world title match. Um, you know, say uh, say Jericho wins against Hangman Page at All Out and then uh, have a rematch at the first TV um, and have Hangman pick up that title, something like that. Um, it's got to feel unpredictable, uh, spontaneous. Like, just make it everything that WWE is not. WWE is so controlled. There's an utter lack of spontaneity on Raw, especially. Um, if AEW can produce a, t- a program that's wrestle that's, that's focused on wrestling and feels like a living, breathing organism backstage where anything can happen, they will have a leg up. And they keep stuff uh, logical, sensical, but at the same time, when needed, unpredictable. I think they'll be just fine. Ryan Haft says, "Get well soon, Steve." Seconded. Uh, Larson, what do you think was the best told story in pro wrestling in the last 10 years? Uh, could it be Gargano Ciampa, Omega Okada, whatever you want. 10 years is a lot of time, but I'm looking for the best overall story. Um, Gargano Ciampa didn't end, conclude the way I think anybody was hoping it would, uh, given Ciampa's injury. Um, and also when uh, Aleister Black got injured during the course of their feud, I think that kind of changed the course of it. But if you're looking for, for a wrestling story with layers and a lot of layers, uh, it's hard to top Gargano Ciampa the last 10 years. I mean, it's, at points, that was it was a densely packed storyline where where a crutch wasn't just a crutch. It was a metaphor, same with a knee brace. Um, and that's not something we get in wrestling very often. And I really appreciate the attention to detail and, and the level of depth they actually instilled in that storyline. Uh, James Martis, thank you. Um, Juan Guerrero Jr., Mr. Triple Mania asked, do you prefer Dr. Wagner Jr. with long hair or short hair? Also, since he pinned Blue Demon Jr. yesterday, that mean, pretty much means he's losing at Triple Mania, right? Yeah, I kind of speculated that whoever won last night was going to lose at Triple Mania, and especially if Dr. Wagner Jr. has super long hair. Uh, yeah, he's, he's losing it at, uh, at Triple Mania. Or, uh, Triple Mania. Um, I have to finish watching the show last night. I only got about halfway through it. Though I did see Aerostar uh, take that leap off the top of the lighting uh, structure. Crazy. Uh, Julian Morris, considering ticket sales are terrible for stomping ground, do you think WB is getting a little concerned and panicked? Um, well, they should be concerned about putting on better cards then if they're worried about ticket sales being so lousy. Because uh, that's the issue, is that the card just seems like a, an average episode of Raw. And people aren't going to want to pay the premium associated with a pay-per-view ticket just to see the same stuff that they saw, they can see on Raw. Or I think like half the card or a good portion of the card of Stomping Ground is rematches from like the last three pay-per-views. It's, this, it's, it's just not a well-established card or setup card. It leaves a lot to be desired. Um, Sir HJL, will you be watching the entirety of the G1 this year and which match are you looking forward to the most? I'll try to watch as much as I can. I don't know if I can be able to watch the entirety of it. I really want to see Okada Ibushi. Uh, I really want to see Moxley and Ishii. I still want to see Moxley and Suzuki, even though um, Suzuki's not in the G1. 
Hopefully at some point we'll see that match. Dalton Taylor. Oh, I've been waiting for a Larson-only episode for years. My question, who would be the jean short Reebok-wearing dad manning the barbecue at the summer block party besides John Cena? So we need some jorts, some Reeboks, and a dad. Carl Anderson or, or Luke Gallows, either of them. Uh, Jason Lewis, what unannounced match would you like to see for All Out? Private Party versus Young Bucks. Uh, Aaron Smith says, book Bray Wyatt's return. So I heard he's maybe at the arena tonight. So maybe we'll see him on TV. Um, I would love to see him come out and destroy Shane McMahon. I think that'd be great. I think he'd get a huge pop for that, but I don't think it's going to happen. So it'll probably be a feud against... Maybe he'll interfere in the U.S. title match or something like that. Instead of something against the Miz, because it seems like Rick Shane Cesaro have their thing, uh, Braun and Lashley have their thing, so I don't see any of them winning. So Miz seems like the logical choice. Bray comes out, lays into the Miz. Maybe that's the way they go. Uh, Miguel Renteria, kayfabe reason why Steve is out today. Um, I think it was brought up earlier. Uh, he's holding out for more money, so I might be doing these shows by myself for a, for a long time. Uh, Remark Wrestling, if you do questions, here's mine after listening to the latest Top 10 podcast. Um, after listening to you talk about the Impact John Cena and Bray Wyatt match, do you think we could get some sort of Cena character in the Firefly Funhouse? I think that'd be pretty cool if they had a John Cena puppet in the uh, Firefly Funhouse. That'd be fun. I think they'd be cool if they had more uh, puppets a la Devil Vince. I think that would be great. Uh, Claudio uh, Gayton. Uh, how should the wild card rule change in order to help all the talent that is not on TV constantly? They should get rid of it. That's how you change it. Uh, Drew, not a question, but a good workplace <laughs> microwave tale. So last Friday I made fettuccine Alfredo without releasing there was broccoli in it. Oh, realizing. So I microwaved it and threw the broccoli away and went home. Today we came in the entire back half of the building smelled like broccoli. Gross. Accidents happen, Drew. Uh, Will Fernandez, which match coming up from G1, New Japan, All Elite, or any other promotion do you think could be the match of the year or have the most buzz coming out of it? Um, anytime you put Okada and Ibushi in the same ring together, you have the possibility for the greatest match of all time. So I'm going to say that one. Dan Brown, what inspired you guys to start this podcast? I'm doing research for myself as I want to start doing one, redoing my YouTube channel as well. Um, so Steve and I have been wrestling fans for a long time. Um, when I first got back into wrestling, like 2011, 2012, we did a, a, a podcast called Trio Woe that was kind of a pro wrestling podcast, but it was kind of a chicken, a ch kitchen sink, sorry, uh, show as well. They had a bunch of various topics that we'd talk about on a regular basis. And it got unwieldy. It was like two and a half hours long, and it would, it would take up a good chunk of the day, and we were supposed to be doing 10 for the win, so we stopped doing it. Um, and we never really thought about doing a wrestling podcast until... We were doing a collaboration with Dan Nerd Cube that Machinima put together. And uh, we were doing our, our voiceover recording over Skype. And we just started, we had never met, we'd never met Dan before. So we just started talking and the topic of pro wrestling came up and we spent about an hour talking pro wrestling. And, and uh, either Dan or Steve, I don't remember who, said this sounds like this should be a podcast. And Dan said, yeah, and we should call it Going In Raw. And that's how it was birthed. Um, uh, and we reached a certain point too when we were going to start our Patreon, we were, we had to decide whether we were going to focus on the gaming stuff still, which wasn't doing great for us. and wasn't really our thing at the time or focus on the pro wrestling stuff, which seemed to have more upside, which we were more excited about. Um, and so we went in that direction. Thankfully it's paid off. Um, that's really what inspired us is that we, we, we came upon something that we really enjoyed doing and we're really passionate about. And it just made sense for us to pursue it. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but at least we 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 wanted to try it. Um, Alex C., who would be the most formidable wrestler? Steve's brain in Okada's body or Okada's brain in Steve's body? I guess it would have to be Steve's brain in Okada's body, maybe. Yeah, I'll say that. 
I'm not convinced that's the right answer, but that's what I'll say. Oscar Silva, how long before Matt Riddle becomes NXT champion? Uh, Takeover Tampa at the latest. Uh, Richard Spulock, uh, who is a baby face that should never turn heel and a heel that should never turn face? Uh, Gargano, Johnny Gargano is like perfect underdog baby face. And I know he kind of teased that heel run um, before he turned on Ciampa, but he's pretty much prime baby face as far as I'm concerned. And a heel that should never turn face. Also AJ Styles. He just seems like he's a natural face. Um, Baron Corbin should never turn face. He's too good of a heel. Yeah, I'll say him. I will say him. Anyways, thank you everybody for joining me. Um, I'm assuming Steve will be back tomorrow, assuming his uh, his health issues resolve themselves. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll do a raw review. Hopefully, raw will be enjoyable. It's a go home show and it's raw, so uh, history of late has kind of dictated that it'll probably be a massive disappointment. But anyways, I'll be optimistic. Uh, hopefully, it's enjoyable. Oh, uh, Daniel Encinas has one question. Uh, he says, what match or event made you a fan of pro wrestling? I don't know. It was I, I was flipping through the channels. It was literally my first exposure to pro wrestling. And I always say it's uh, it was the Killer Bees versus the British Bulldogs. Can we put a match? And it, it, they, that might not have been it. Um, but I was going through the channels as a kid when we had cable and uh, came across wrestling on a Saturday. Um, and I was instantly uh, entranced. Um, and uh, from there, I, I would rent WrestleMania 1 at the local video store all the time. Um, and that, between watching on TV and watching WrestleMania 1 all the time, that's what got me into pro wrestling. Anyways, now, thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, patrons and YouTube members, uh, stay tuned. I'll be back for Overrun. And... Uh, We'll see you then. Until then, bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.